You are freer than you think. It's like the ultimate form of freedom. You expound upon that freedom to develop on this planet. True freedom comes from within. It's the ability. Thinking to myself, I can help you or I can destroy you. Man is a two-time felon. I work really hard and I've been, a, I've been a life learner. When things are feeling tough, let yourself be surprised. The world favors risk-taking. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Freedom Pact. Welcome back to the Freedom Pact podcast. And today on the show, I am joined by Tony Horton. Tony is the wildly popular creator of the best-selling fitness series P90X and the author of multiple top-selling books, as well appearing on countless television shows as a fitness and lifestyle expert. And today on the show, Tony is here to talk about how to optimize your health, your body, and your mind. We talk everything from hydration to nutrition to supplements to exercise, to lifestyle factors, everything that impacts your body, mind, and overall health. Tony is here to help you upgrade it and take it to the next level. If you go and watch this episode on YouTube, I think just like me, you'll be stunned to find out that Tony is actually now 62 years of age. And if you watch on YouTube, the energy he brings and the way he looks will not tell you that story. So he must be doing something right. So I'm here to listen to him. I hope you are too. Let's jump into the episode with Tony Horton. Tony, welcome to the Freedom Pack podcast. It is good to be free. (laughs) Thank you for having me, man. Great Great to see you. Thank you, thank you. It's great to see you. The first question I have for you today for someone who's had such a long and you know prestigious career in the fitness industry, you've you've seen it all. You've probably seen fad diets come and go. You've seen new workout uh, routines come and go. You've seen it all. Mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you made personally when you started out on your health and fitness journey when you were just a newbie? You know, it's interesting. It's a great question. And I don't even know if they were mistakes or not. I was making decisions based on what I thought was important, you know, and I think, and I was younger, obviously I was in my twenties at that point. And I was starting out. I mean, I was not a much of an athlete as a kid. I mean, I played intramural sports, basketball, football, I played hockey on a lake and some golf and tennis, you know what I mean? And I didn't know to work. Uh, I didn't know about practice. I didn't know about training i just played the sports and either you were good at at them or you weren't now that i guess you could say that one of the mistakes that i made because i just didn't know better was i didn't know how to train to be better at these sports you know i didn't know about plyometrics and yoga and and repetitive training where i could really improve the quality of the game that was not something i was aware of and then when i finally got into it uh, uh my focus was very typical of the focus that most people had my age was about aesthetics you know what I mean? I didn't like, like, okay, well, maybe I'll become a better athlete, but I really want, I want six pack abs and I want, you know, biceps and I want, you know, lats and I want traps and all these different things. I wanted to have this look and, and, you know, that's a, that's a, that's sort of, to me, sort of an ephemeral uh, point of view when it comes to being, because I mean, the idea here is to get in shape so that you can do, do well and be fit and, 
and not be vulnerable. But when you're younger, you're just more durable in general. You know what I mean? I mean, you're, you know, when you're in your 20s, you've only been on the earth for so long. And so your body can recover faster and you can handle more and, you know, you can handle a, a, a pounding and, key and come back quicker. Now, at my age, my perspective and my, my goals and my reasons why are completely different. So, and I understand that. And that just comes with age. You know, I mean, the reason why people do things, but if you're, if you're in your late thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties, and you're still doing it purely for the aesthetic reasons, then if you can sustain that, well, then good for you. I, uh, but, but it really, it shouldn't be about that as much anymore. It, it's a, it's an after effect. You know, it's not the main focus. It's like a tertiary focus, not mm. primary focus. Right. So, yeah. And I think if more younger people knew that, if they were like, oh, wow, this improves the quality of, of my, my brain. You know, it's, it not a, it's not only a physical thing, but it's a mental and emotional thing. It could be a spiritual thing for some people who are doing, you know, a strong mindfulness practice or yoga or something. And then it's more sustainable. It's like, oh, okay, this is part of my routine. This is part of my lifestyle. This is part of who I am, as opposed to getting in shape for a wedding or making sure that, you know, seeing how many pounds come off on the scale or measuring my arms every third day or whatever, or, you know, wondering about my waistline, you know, right? Like, oh, I'm going to exercise today. It's going to improve the quality of my brain and memory and cognition and sex drive and quality of my sleep and, and help me with my leaky gut and help cure, you know, joint and tendon pain and maybe help avoid hypertension and cancer in the future. I mean, that's really, that's all quality of life stuff. I mean, longevity too, you might get that, but you might get hit by a bus. So, so, you know, and I know a lot, I know a guy who did P90X and fell off a three-story building broke almost every bone in his upper body, but didn't die. And his doctor said, if it wasn't for what you were doing, you wouldn't have survived that fall. And I spoke with the guy. I mean, both eye sockets, everything. He landed on his shoulder, face and chest and off a three-story building. And, uh, and his fitness is the reason why he's alive and well. So Amazing. that's a reason. That's a reason. It's interesting. I'm 24 now. Um, when I first started going to the gym when I was 15, 16, it was all about aesthetics. It was about, you know, going and, and, and doing your hypertrophy workouts, coming home, uh, protein shake straight away, chick as much chicken breast as you can eat. You're looking for that aesthetic look. And I think all, you know, everyone um, sort of in my age, early 20s, that's everyone's, every guy's goal is to look aesthetic. But it's only in the last uh, maybe two years that I've started changing my approach. Um, because I start looking at some of the the bodybuilder guys that I maybe looked up to when I was younger. And, you know, you think to these guys, you know, are they, these are the type of guys who can't go to play, you know, football in the park with their kid because they haven't accounted for that many calories that day. Or like you said, their mobility is all shot up. And I think it is, you know, keeping one eye on the future and it is quality of life. Do you think that, yeah, from that early age, people need to associate a new or a better relationship with what a fit body means? Yeah, the simple answer is yes. And, and look, you know, if you have a, an occupation, if you're an athlete and you're a lineman, professional football team or collegiate football team, there's certain things that you need to do to stay big and keep that excess body fat because you're making an, you're making an income that way. But the average mom or dad or or, or college student or whatever you know what i mean maybe if you're playing rugby I, there's so many guys like how do you get a bigger chest how do i get bigger arms how do i get bigger legs well why like why why do you want that because if you think that's going to attract the opposite sex you better make a few bucks and and formulate a personality because that's what 
women want. They don't, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, look how, look how big and strong he is. Oh, he's an idiot and he doesn't have a job. I'm out, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like there's a combination of things as we need to do as men, you know, to, to uh, be productive in the world and, 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 and you know, um, attract other people. And, and uh, it's not the look, unless you're really into shallow people. If you're into the shallow people thing, then, then make yourself all big and everything. But, you know, with that comes the, the constant need to try to maintain that. And if you're an ectomorph, like I'm an ectomorph, you, you're probably an ectomorph, naturally thin, right? There's ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. Endomorph are just, you know, Samoans. It's an extreme version. But a Samoan wrestler is an endomorph, right? Mesomorph are just, you know, like muscular guys. Ectomorphs are, you know, um, Tanzanian marathoners. You know what I mean? Everybody's different. And you're, sometimes you're a combination. Your mom and dad were one, were one or the other, and then you're this kind of combination. So if you're fighting all the time to keep this muscle mass on to try to preserve this look, Man, oh man, think of how much food you have to eat and how many shakes you got to drink and how often you got to go to the gym and how, how heavy you got to lift. And by the way, you're always aging as this is happening. And so, oh, there goes my shoulder. Oh, there goes my back. Oh, there goes my knees. You know what I mean? Because you got too into the aesthetics and not into just being fit and strong and healthy and flexible. That's, that's it. I mean, you know, and it's a lot less, the burden is less. It's like, it's more fun to go to the, oh, today I'm going to do animal flow. Today I'm going to do yoga. Today I'll do some hypertrophy stuff. You know what I mean? Because I still want to do curls and bench press and that's fine, right? I mean, you look at P90X, it forces you to work on your weaknesses. You're working on your weaknesses as much as your strengths. And, and that's why, you know, that's why you become really durable and less vulnerable. And you get this really lean, it's muscular, lean, sinewy, vascular, striated look, which to me, that's that says you earned it man as opposed to just bulking up you know it's interesting i think when i was younger especially what gave me a warped view of what fitness and what um you know this this exercise journey um was was i was i was looking up to these guys these bodybuilders who you know probably weren't transparent you know completely and i remember one day i went to a uh a fitness expo in England and I was queuing up to meet these guys who I watched on YouTube. And I thought, you know, these guys, this is what I wanted to attain. And, you know, these massive Jack guys and you're thinking, yeah, that's realistic. And um, I remember I was in the queue and you had all these companies shoving free samples of their supplements in your hand. And I remember someone gave me a can of um, BCAAs and I remember looking up at the, the YouTube and I thought, yeah, this is it. This is why I don't look like that. This is this is what I need. I can look like that. Um, but it weren't for, you know, maybe a few years later that I realized that there may be, you know, one or two things that uh, prevent me looking like that. Um, do you think that people need or do you think that that is a problem in the fitness industry is that, you know, people have this view that some of these physiques may be attainable and the actual guys with these physiques aren't as transparent on how they got it? Well, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Are they using steroids to get there? You know, what, what else? What else are they doing to get that body shape? They're in the gym four or five hours quite often. I mean, I used to be a member of the World Gym here in LA, and I would watch Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger come in, and and some of their bodybuilder friends. And it's it's a lifestyle. It's just this desire to to see these muscles get bigger and bigger and bigger. 
And then, you know, you end up with some, you end up with kind of a form of, um, of body dysmorphia, you know, like some women want to get so thick skinny that they don't understand that they look horrible. They look like skeletons, but to them, they're not skinny enough, you know, and it works the same, same way in the opposite direction. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I've got friends of mine that used to be really lean and fit and, and strong and agile. And now they're just, they just want to lift boulders and, and, uh, and, and lift cars and whatever. I mean, you know, fine, but they're grandfathers. You know what I mean? At what point are they going to blow out their back? You know, oh, that was a young lady. You know what I mean? You get so caught up in the look and trying to, you know, be this ominous figure. And, and so you got to put a ton of food and a ton of en en energy into it. And, and maybe you're taking some stuff that isn't necessarily good for your liver or your kidneys. You know what I mean? And then, uh oh, now you got, oh, now I'm on dialysis. Oops. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, man, how can you do this, do this naturally, right? Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and healthy fats. What if you just ate that, ate some, you know, had some decent supplements, a good, good protein powder, maybe, and, and maybe some superfoods, right? Either through your diet or through supplementation or something. Um, and, and then just go and just see what happens. You know what I mean? You know, things like blood pressure and, and, and resting heart rate and, um, and, and bone density and, and flexibility and these types of things, you know, how well, how well do you move? How quickly do you move? Can you twist and turn and punch and kick and reach and lift with, with the relative ease? You know what I mean? Those are, those are ways to measure I mean, you're, the, the numbers on the scale, that's one, but it's certainly not the most important. And for a lot of people, that's all they care about. They get in the scale every morning and they, you know, they, their whole day is dictated by the number they see on the scale. I mean, ugh. you know, my, my weight fluctuates seven pounds by, for no reason whatsoever, you know, in the course of a couple of days. Um, I don't know, whatever. As long as I'm in somewhere between 177 and 169, I'm relatively happy. I'm not too weirded out about it. Yeah. Mm. These are all things you mentioned. There's superfood, supplements, diet. This is all stuff I want to get onto. But first, mm -hmm. I want to touch on this topic of hydration because what, what I like about you and your approach and um, your social media, your blogs, you seem to cover not just fitness like a lot of you know the fitness guys do, but you, you generally give health advice, lifestyle advice. And with hydration, it, I've, I've always been really bad at it. And it wasn't until... I read Super Life by Darren O'Leon. Darren um, O'Leon. Yeah, good so, friend of mine. Oh, well, I've, you know, I've been trying he's, to get... He's a, water, he's a water hydration super freak, man. That, oh. His water's got to come from a fjord in Norway after it's been quadruple filtered. And then it has to live in a... Uh, a, a uh, uh, I don't know. Like the cryo chamber for cryo two months chamber <laughs> container that has been sterilized nine times over. I mean, he really like he'll put a sticker on the label and see if what color should, if it turns purple, <laughs> to throw it all away. I mean, you know, and that, that's an extreme view. But I think, you know, a most people are way, way, way too dehydrated. They're screwed mm. up six ways to Sunday and they're just not because they're drinking too much coffee and soda and 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 calorie laden beverages and not enough water and they can't figure out why they're exhausted and they have terrible sleep and their joints hurt and their tendon hurts and they have no energy it's because you're you're not drinking enough water i mean it's so simple and you know the, the water habit is you know i know friends of mine who just don't drink any water at all they just whatever they have food and they get it through their vegetables or fruit or something and they don't really drink water i mean they'll drink tea and they'll have some coffee and there's water in those things 
but they don't do it regularly and, and they and and some of them are fine you know what i mean like that's just their genetics and other ones are screwed up and i say take an eight ounce cup i don't actually it's funny that i don't have one here i usually have one right here next to my desk i was gonna go see and it's not here probably because it's down in the dishwasher but we just ordered it's funny my wife and i before our call just ordered eight stainless steel tumblers and uh, with special tops so that if they fall over, they don't leak. Cause you know, last, cause last night I reached over on my bed and I've done this maybe once in 10 years. And I knocked a huge, I keep a big, like 24 ounce glass of water next to the bed mm-hmm. and I'll drink it throughout the night if I wake up and drink it. And then in the morning, slam it. And it ended up all over the table and the bed and the floor and the thing and what, oh my God. So I said, let's get some tumblers. So in case that happens again, and we have shaker plastic shaker bottles, but you know, we're kind of over the plastic. So, you know, glass and stainless steel, eight, eight ounces a day. I keep a glass on the center island in our kitchen. It's there. Every time I go into the kitchen, there it is. I'll go over to our, our reverse osmosis, triple filtered water system. And I just, and I, and I'll put in, and it has hot and cold. So I'll fill it half cold and half hot. So it comes out pretty warm because you want to always try to drink room temperature water as opposed to cold, unless you're working out, right? A little different, right? So that's just basic things that I know. And I try to do that eight times a day, right? On top of my shakes, which are, there's water and ice cubes in them, right? So right now, I mean, when I do that consistently, I'm just, oh, I have better energy. I sleep better. My my digestion's better. I don't have any aches, achy joints and stuff. And water, it's kind of everywhere. But I mean, like if you're getting Dasani water or, you know, bottled water in plastic, first of all, it's terrible for the environment. You know what I mean? Get a, get a water filter filtration system, something in your house, right? Because there's all kinds of weird minerals and solids and chlorine and stuff in, in everybody's water. And it's different. LA water is not that great. It depends on what part of town you're in. But, but uh, so that's important, you know, and tea is a nice way to do it too, because you can get a lot of the superfoods. You get some green tea or something, give you a little extra kick or something. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're from Wales, man. You were, you were born with a teacup in your hand. That's just how it is. I mean, me, I was, you know, I was born with a Dr. Pepper in my hand. Horrible. Right. So yeah, you want to try to avoid, and you want to lose weight, cut out all the, the beverages that have calories in them. Cause you don't have, you, you don't get three, four, 500 extra calories a day. You don't even know it. Top, top of the food that you're eating. It might not be that great when you cut that out and you just, you know, and you can, add whatever you need to add to the water to give it a little bit of flavor, not, you know, I don't want to do it with sugary things. And that's a huge, huge health shift for people if they can do that. It's such a simple thing. Um, we think about drinking water, but so many people get it wrong. And it's a really interesting topic. And one I, you know, I hope to have one day if Darren ever replies to my emails. Um, but hopefully we can have that conversation. But another thing. I'll get, I'll get Darren. I'll get Darren. I'll set him up. I would appreciate that so much. He's eluded me for far too long. Um, another, okay. <laughs> another big thing that I think is, you know, is it, at this core, it's a very simple thing, but so many people get it wrong, is sleep. I, I, th- I think, you know, we have a big sleep problem in the world right now. I'm not sure if it's because of the rise in technology or because people just want to utilize their time more. But you see these motivational speakers who are like, oh, sleep is for the weak. You know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And you think, man, if you don't sleep, you're going to be dead. That is whacked. Okay, first of all, that's whacked. 
because if you don't believe in the in the in the science between yin and yang, right? It's balanced. Buddhas, right? So you know, yang energy is uh, fighting traffic and working out and having a fist fight and uh, you know what I mean, just stress, right? Yang causes physical, mental, and emotional stress, and we're under that sunlight. You know what I mean? Whatever, uh, rushing around to get to a meeting. This is all, you know, this is all causing. Uh, your cortisol levels to go up, which is aging your skin and your organs, right? Your telomeres, which are the basically the building blocks of every cell. You know, when you're under physical, mental, and emotional stress, they get shorter and shorter and shorter, which cause you bad skin and more organ stuff and and brain decay. Am right? Right? So, um, uh, cortisol, telomeres, and your adrenal glands, another one, just right. So, if you understand the science behind the day-to-day hammering right, that people take. And some people got, you know, I live in a farm and I have pigs and chickens and I eat my own stuff and I meditate three times a day and, and my parents are billionaires and I don't have to worry, right? That ain't anybody that I know, right? Everybody else is just doing the daily grind. And so when you're doing the daily grind, hydration, water is one way to combat that for recovery, right? Meditation, mindfulness practice, going for walks, chilling out, reading a book, playing with your kids, you know, petting your dog, whatever it is, you know, uh, that's another way. A yoga is a, is a active meditation sense of mindfulness, right? So the pendulum, stress, telomeres, cortisol, adrenal glands, fried. And what do you got? Sleep. Most people, they don't do the meditation. They don't do the mindfulness. They don't read the books, right? They have this and then they get four and a half hours of the worst sleep in the world because they got to get up the next day and go live over here again, right? And so, wow, what a shock that I, because there's this thing called the circadian cycle that happens inside of our brain while we're in the middle of our sleep. And it's very, you know, it's, it's not, it's a universal thing. Everybody's cycles are different. Most of them, there's a certain pattern of, you know, how long am I going to be in REM? How long am I going to be in deep sleep? So if you interrupt that and you screw that up, then, then why am I starving? Why do I want to eat freaking Danish and bacon first thing in the morning? Oh, I should be eating something healthy, but I don't want to because your brain is not prepared, doesn't have the discipline because the chemical, there's a chemical imbalance as a result of you not sleeping for seven and a half, eight hours. And if you're exercising hard five to six days a week, which you should be if you want to thrive, right? Because most people are surviving, right? Paying the bills, getting through the day, and then they die anywhere from five to 20 years sooner than they should if they don't get hit by a bus. The rest of them who are thriving go, oh, I understand the difference between yin and yang and balance. And I don't wanna fry all these things. I wanna get the right amount of rest. And so those people go, go to bed, go to bed and get my seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. Now, everybody's different. Some people can do, I got my friend Rami, he's from Lebanon. He watched his town blow up a bunch of times. He moved to America. Like, yeah, I don't need sleep. I, I, my neighborhood was on fire. Okay, so, you know, and he just goes, but he's got, a lot of injuries. I think maybe if he slept more, he wouldn't have those injuries. And so sleeping is the ultimate mindfulness practice. It's the, it sleeping is healing. It is the only time that everything shuts off. It should so that you can repair physically, mentally, and emotionally. So you can go about your day the next day and be productive and be happy and be pain-free. Right. And so a lot of people, they need to do simple things like get better sheets Get a better mattress. That pillow that you've had since high school, you gotta go bye-bye. Get a new friggin' pillow. All right. Get 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 a TV that you shouldn't get your TV out. Get your phone off. 
get your, uh, some people like, you know, ambiance sound, get a fan, get a little machine that makes wave sounds or whatever you need, city sounds. Me, I need pitch black, dead silence, right? That's how I got my, and I have bamboo sheets and I get new pillows about every couple of years. And uh, my, I got, I, I'm work, my wife and I are on our like fourth mattress in 12 years. I don't think I needed to get a new mattress every half an hour, but like, you know, she's the princess <laughs> in the pea, right? So that's just that. Um, and this, you know, your, the atmosphere, what's the quality of the air in the, in the room, right? Do you have a humidifier? Do you have a, a, a air fil filtration thing? These are things that we're like, ah, eh, I don't want to do that. It seems hard, but once you do it, right? Good bed, good sheets, good pillow, good atmosphere, good air, seven and a half hours of sleep. And it's going to take you two or three weeks to get into a pattern because you're going to lie there in bed like, oh my, I'm used to getting six. And now he wants me to get seven and a half, but maybe I don't want to be feeling exhausted and craving fat, sugar, salt, and chemicals all day. And all I got to do is get an extra hour and a half of sleep. I'll freaking lie here with your, my eyes open if I have to. Right. And so lying in your bed with your eyes wide open and not falling asleep is not a time for you to get upset. You're basically meditating. You're, you're, that's a state of meditation. You're still, your mind's going oh, 100 miles an hour, but you just start breathing. Like, how do you combat that? You just, and your mind's still going to go because you're used to being up. This, I'm supposed to be up right now, doing something on the laptop, on the phone, texting my girlfriend or watching some, you know, bullshit television show or whatever the heck it is, right? And, and so it takes time. Oh, fitness takes time. Getting used to drinking water all the time takes time. This, these are, it's not like, oh, I'm going to quit smoking, stop drinking, work out seven days a week, and start working for nuns. No. I don't know why that last one, nuns. I don't know why nuns. <laughs> but, but I, I was a Catholic kid. Um, right? So these are, these are dramatic changes that, that have to be made, and it, it takes time to do all these things. And either you trust and believe that what I'm saying is true, because you understand, as a 62-year-old, you know what I mean? Like, I feel... Freaking awesome. And I have tons of energy. Not all the time. Sometimes I'm like, holy crap. When did a car run into my body in the middle of the night? You know, who came in my room and beat the crap out of me? That happens. But at my age right now at 62, I have more energy. I have more enthusiasm. I'm more excited about life. I'm, I'm not as fast running. I can't. I used to be able to get up and dunk a bat, a, a, a softball in a hoop. I can't even touch and see the rim now. But there are other things. I can do 35 pull-ups. I can do 80 push-ups. I can do a lot of, I can go through a ninja course like a, like a teenager. You know, there's things that I focus on that I'm pretty good at at my age. And most people at 62 look like my grandfather. You know what I mean? They look like ass and they can't do anything. And if you want that to be you, well then keep stressing out, not getting enough sleep, letting all those internal organs get fried. And then you're just going to go, oh, I spent my entire life working and now I'm in my retirement years and now all I can do is fish. Okay. <laughs> Is it, man? I was thinking just as just as we've been talking, obviously for everyone listening, I can obviously see Tony across from me. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, have I done my research wrong? There's no way this man's 62. You must have some longevity secrets behind you. Well, you know, my behavior, who I am is different than my parents and my grandparents. I mean, I have longevity in my father's side of the family. I mean, late, late 90s and and hundreds, you know, my mother's not so much, a lot of heart stuff and uh, cancer stuff. Um, but yeah, but my behavior, no cigarettes, no alcohol, no, no wheat, no soy, no corn, no dairy. Think about that. Like I've cut out entire categories of food. 
Um, yeah, I don't have ice cream. I haven't had ice cream in friggin' 15 years. You know, I found these gluten-free little low sugar, high fiber chocolate chip cookies. You know what I mean? You gotta have, you gotta have, right? You know, you can't lock it down completely. You need to release mm. some pleasure moments. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, a hamburger, no. French fries, no. White bread, no. You know what I mean? And so am I the extreme? Yeah, but the, the payoff is, is a 12 on a scale of one to five. You know what I mean? Who I am as a 62 year old is not like many 62 year olds. Do I dye my beard? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's looking this fantastic, is, by the this way. Is, this is black. This is every color under the sun. This is completely gray. And this is gray and black. But my damn hair, baby, that's all me. Beautiful. It's all hey, me. Look at that. Those, you got some gray ones in there. But you know what I mean? Like, but, but then again, that's a little genetic, too, because both my parents had mostly, you know, they ate, my, my father died at 80. My mother died at 76. Hmm. Um, but they had a lot of dark hair too, um, right up to the end. Oh. So I got lucky on that. But you know what I mean? But it's not, you know, whatever. That's just one tiny little way to measure it. But like my skin, I mean, you know, I mean, I have some wrinkles and creeping and my arms aren't, you know, and I have, you know, sunspots because I spent so much time in the sun when I was a kid. But I mean, you know, from the skin in, man, everything's really good. And that's, that's what matters because that's life or death from the skin in, you know. Hmm. So you mentioned that that was going to be one of my questions. If there are any uh, particular types of food or food groups you avoid, you mentioned some there. I wonder, mm -hmm. a lot of people love the topic of superfoods. What are some of your favorite superfoods that you personally try to include in your diet as, as, as often as you can? Well, you know, you look at, you look at some of the foods that, were, that, were, that are considered superfoods that I didn't know about as a kid. Chlorella, a meringue, a barley grass, uh, uh, ashwagandha, wheatgrass, pea protein, maca, acai, you know, what? You know what I mean? And you got, you can get, and you can find those in a lot of natural roots and leaves and bark. <laughs> you got to travel the globe. Like if you look at Darren O'Lean, Darren O'Lean is the creator of Shakeology and Shakeology is jam packed with all that stuff. Right. And so it's not cheap because those things aren't easy to find and it's in the source those and the mass produce those and, uh, and sell those to a lot of people. You know, that's a $130 bag of, of, of unbelievable stuff. But like for, for me, uh, I can't, I can't take because the maca messes with me. Hmm. Right. So, so when you've got a all in one product that works for most of the people, some of the time, but for other people, they have to be individual because they have a reaction to pea protein or Corella or ashwagandha. For me, it's the maca. The maca gives me itchy little bumps in my head. I cut them. I cut out that. Like oh, so you know, I started my own my own line of products. And and what we try to what I try to focus on. And there's superfoods in them. I mean, there's prebiotics and probiotics and magnesium and a really hot something called sun fiber, which comes from the seed in India. That you know, it's the only place you can get it. But a lot of people are really short on magnesium, like basic magnesium. Magnesium is super important. Vitamin D, vitamin D for COVID. I mean, everybody, there's, there's study after study after study about vitamin D and zinc in high quantities to help prevent the, the, the COVID virus. Now, is it going to, can you just take that and go around and start French kissing strangers? No, right? But it's like, you know, it's really good for your immune system. Vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, magnesium. These are the kinds of things that I put into my products, plus prebiotics, probiotics, and you know, 
broccoli florets and 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 you know servings of vegetables, powdered servings of vegetables. My protein powders have something like HMB in them. HMB works with leucine. Leucine is one of the branch chain amino acids. So the HMB plus chromium plus vitamin D in the protein powders allows me as a 62 year old to build strength and muscle size. And they did studies of people who were coming out of surgery who weren't lifting a muscle, who were <laughs> growing mu muscle. Because you know most people in a hospital after surgery, oh, what do I get today? I get some Jello and a and a ham sandwich on white bread. No, we're gonna give you some real, real science-based HMB protein powder, right? Because so if you're taking something specific to help muscle growth, duh. Right. But what if what if you're also exercising, lifting and doing hypo, hypertrophy and body weight stuff even better? Like, you know, boom. Right. So um, and it was big for me because I got sick two and a half years ago. I had I had Ramsey Hunt syndrome, which is shingles in your ear. Fifth, sixth and seventh facial nerves fried. Bell's palsy affected my vision, affected my smell, affected my hearing, affected my taste, made me super, super crazy, vertigo, dizzy, vomiting all day, lost 25 pounds. So I had sort of this, this exaggerated version of, of uh, something called sarcopenia, age-related muscle loss. So all the superfoods in the world weren't going to help me, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I could do my chlorella and whatever else, but, and those are good for my, you know, because of the vitamins and nutrients that come from those things that you might not get in your regular diet. That's why superfoods are so, so popular, but where's your magnesium fiber and protein? You know, that's those basic things. And was I going to get that from hamburgers and, and salads? No, I need, I needed a, I needed a supplement to, do, to help me there. And so any professional collegiate high school athlete, anybody who's just trying to get better, especially if they're getting older, you need those basic things, the superfoods. Yeah. But if you get something and it's got maca in it and it gives you lumps on your head, well, then you can't take it. Right. So that's what we did. So as amazing is, 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 is uh, psychology is and as many people as it's helped and how it's improved so many people's diets it's not for everybody because there are certain ingredients in there that are maybe just too exotic for 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 their digestive system or something right so you just gotta you know like people they, they keep doing the same things over and over and over again like i did shakeology i go oh, these bumps are just i don't know what they are i guess they're just something i gotta live with no right or you're doing yoga all the time and then you know a pull-up is like climbing Mount Everest. You might want to try pull-ups. You might not want to do just yoga. Like, how about spinning? Is spinning the greatest thing? It's just this. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing this, and you're doing that. Great, heart, lungs, and legs. That's the foundation of our general health, heart, lungs, and legs. Running, heart, lungs, and legs. Riding, whatever. But you might want to do other things. I mean, P90X, we sold, sold a bunch, and a bunch got pirated, but somewhere along the lines of 11 million copies because I made you do a bunch of different things and eat healthy food. I mean, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and healthy fats. Boom. Are you, ve are you vegan? Are you vegetarian? Are you paleo? Are you keto? I don't know. I, I eat a well-rounded, we'll, we'll probably get into that. I, uh, I think that's maybe one of your questions coming up, but I can talk about my diet and what and where I am with my diet and how that seems to be really, I've nailed that right now. So superfoods, great. Maybe not for everybody, but remember to get the basics. That would be my answer. Love it. Yeah, you mentioned there. That's uh, quite a hot debate at the moment. These different approaches to diet is something that I try and ask every health professional that, that, that comes on the show is about this carnivore versus vegan. That these two opposite ends of the scale that just absolutely hate each other. 
I mean, if you see these guys interact on on the internet, it is pure chaos. Where do you weigh in on this this carnivore approach and this vegan approach? Is there certain elements we can take from both? What's your approach? See, that's that's what, for me. I was vegan for a while, and um, I wasn't able. I wasn't personally able to be disciplined enough to be like. I, it's easy to be a vegan a vegan who doesn't exercise. It's harder for me to be a vegan who exercises because, you know, like, uh oh, I don't have all these right ingredients in the house. I don't have all these right things in the house, but I got crackers. So, you know, I was a cookies and crackers and chips vegan for the longest time. It's like, oh, these are, I just need calories. And I don't, I don't have, I did, oh, I forgot to soak my beans, you know, or whatever, whatever it was. And my wife is not vegan. So it wasn't like she was going to cook vegan meals for me. Um, so I ended up losing weight and, 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 uh, and getting kind of sick as a, as a result. Right. So, um, I, I, and I'm, I grew up, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of who we are as adults has a lot to do with who we were as children, how we were raised. Like a lot of, a lot of kids have peanut allergies, allergies because they were never introduced to peanuts early on. And so later on, when they get introduced later, uh Oh, right. So they're even saying like, you know, you want to give your kids little amounts of peanuts so they don't form these nut allergies later in life. And like, look, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't want to claim to be one. I just can tell you that what works and the kind of nutrition plans that I put together for myself and my fan base. And so like right now we just signed on, I'm doing this Power Nation beta group here. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, the signups for that are closed, but you know, it's about 2,100 people. It's just basically, you know, and I used to be doing a test group for P90X or Power 90 or one of my programs, we would do a, a pre-COVID bricks and mortar thing. We put up flyers, people would come up and we do live workouts, but it would be 35, 40 people, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And I maybe have an effect on 80 people. Now I have an effect on 2100 and they live in Wales and they live in Chile and they live in Russia and they live in Japan and they live in Iowa. You know, I mean, they live all over the world, which is really cool, right? I'm dealing with, you know, people who are interacting who would never would interact, right? So, and so the food, and we looked and looked and looked and looked and looked, and we finally found one that said, hey, we provide home. And this is only in the States, unfortunately, because you can't deliver. Oh, I got a guy in Chile that wants food delivered from California. Hey, I'm dying to see how that's going to look when it shows up. You know what I mean? After it's been on the dock for two months. I mean, you just, you just only, the fact that we could deliver food to any home in the continental United States is pretty, pretty cool. Right. For the rest of you, you just got to figure out what you can do locally. But now I'm, I eat it all. I eat keto meals and paleo meals and vegan meals. And veg I don't eat vegetarian because there's cheese and dairy involved in that. But I just eat a wide variety of meals. And so now the entire world is open up to me. It's like it's the metaphor I would use is like you live in a small town in Rhode Island and you never go to New York City and you never go to Boston and you never go to, you know, you never go to London and you never go to, you know, Spain. And so what do you know? You not only know what you know and everything outside of what you know is so foreign and so scary and so different that your, your world is this big. But right. Like I'm opening up my food world, Indian food, Mexican food, Chinese food. Japanese food, Vietnamese food, French food, but it's got to be fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, healthy fats. It's got to be single ingredient stuff. You know what I mean? And, and it can't have any wheat, soy, corn, or dairy. Like, you know, these are the rules. This is how I live. This works for me, right? Do I have a, 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 some uh, elk, some, some elk tenderloins? Damn straight I do, but there's also three other vegetables, on that plate, right? It's not just elk, potatoes, and 
and whatever, some other starchy thing, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. by the way, do I have some new potatoes and a, a baked potato once in a while? Sure, man, you know, whatever. But single ingredient foods, figure out how to use your spice rack. And most people, you go into the kitchen, they got salt and pepper. You know what I mean? Like, where's your spice rack? Well, I don't really, I don't really know how to use uh, tarragon. You might want to, you might want to do that. Like, you know, because food industry has been using fat, sugar, salt, and chemicals to, to, to screw up your palate and your taste buds to such a degree that regular food that spiced properly tastes like wax to you. You know what I mean? And so then you got to go through this process of just like with fitness, just like with sleep, just like with hydration, you got to go through a transfer, transform, uh, uh, an adaptive phase, hmm. transformational phase, right? That takes three, four, five weeks sometimes, depending on the person. And it's miserable. It's horrible. And now, you know, you got to figure that stuff out. Either you figure it out or you don't. Either you believe in what I'm saying or you don't. And if you believe in what I'm saying, well, then then your life will be different. But, you know, I'm going to keep doing the same thing. I leave the small town. I'm going to be a meat and potatoes guy. And I can't figure out why I got hypertension, be massive belly fat. I can't get up the set of stairs with suitcases because I the escalator's out. Holy crap. You know what I mean? <gasps> you know what I mean? Like when I when I see, es I go, you know, when you go to the airport, you see those escalators that go up and then up. Yeah. Up, and there's that huge set of stairs in between people are in line waiting and man i look at those i look at that set of stairs all by myself and i go two at a time by the time i'm <laughs> at the top i broke with a little sweat it's like yes right so I, that's how i think because you know that's that's how any person should think if they want to be healthy so yeah on, on the food thing man i'm a vegan i'm a i you know uh, but I, I, I eat a lot of plant-based meals. Like I, I look forward to just a pure vegan meal at least once or twice a day. And then I'll throw in chicken, I'll throw in salmon, I'll throw in some elk. And every once in a while, I'll have a piece of steak, man. You know what I mean? Um, animal protein ain't never been bad to me. I make sure that it's free range and natural and organic. And I try to make sure the source is pretty good. You know what I mean? Corn fed, maybe not. That's, you know, that's just basic stuff, which means you got to work harder, which means you got to spend a few more dollars. Either you spend a few more dollars now, or hopefully you got good insurance because you'll be spending a whole lot later, man. You know what I mean? <sighs> so you got to just think in the future a little bit too with this stuff. Yeah. Something we, we touched on earlier, um, you mentioned mindfulness. And, and this is, again, this is what I like about your approach. You, you know, you cover all areas of health. And, and this is, you know, one that most people ignore. I'd love to know for you personally, what is the practice of mindfulness done for you as a person in terms of who you are, your, your fitness goals, and as a businessman, I imagine it has advantages in all three of those areas. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with just how your, your general ability to be able to deal with, with life and people and situations, you know? And, and so when I, when I, I, never, I never did meditate. And I, you know, I mean, I knew about mindfulness. And so my mindfulness practice was yoga once a week, which is a moving practice, but you know, it's, it's strength, flexibility, balance, and mindfulness all at once. That's why yoga is so perfect in my opinion, right? Here you are going through this flow and it's kind of endless and you know what I mean? And it's awkward and it exposes all your weaknesses and you have to be all calm the entire time. You know what I mean? Which is kind of who we should be as human beings in the first place. Like when a situation comes up, who are you in that situation? Are you calm in the storm? Or are you part of the storm? You know what I mean? And it really, you know, I mean, look at the, look at the insurrection that we had here in, in, in Washington, right? Like those people were pissed, you know what I mean? And they were pissed based on maybe things that weren't necessarily true, whatever. I mean, there's look, I don't want to get into make this a political thing, 
But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can you can deal with situations that are maybe more productive that don't end up killing people and getting you arrested. You, you know what I'm saying? So like but that takes time and energy and thoughtfulness and, you know, in a collective. Uh, you look at uh, Stacey Abrams down in Georgia. Here's this woman that just said, let's get some people to vote. Right. <laughs> and that took a lot of work, a lot of energy. And it was a, a pr- an amazing accomplishment, whether you believe in her politics or not. Like, think of the work ethic there, you know what I mean? As opposed to just like, mania, right? So, you know, mindfulness is your, is your willingness to stop. And there's all kind, walking the dog, reading a book, playing with your kids. But pure meditation, for example, which is you know, the most common version of it. Here's a great book that I think anybody could learn from. Full, full Catastrophe Living, John Kabat-Zinn. You see this book here? It ain't, it ain't little serious reading. Right. Right. But basically he repeats the same themes over and over again. Like I got to page 110. I'm like, okay, I don't know if I need to read the rest of this, Uh, but there's, it's just super valuable. And what, and what, what is my, what is my, what does a mindfulness meditation look like? Do you have to sit in Lotus in a dark room with a candle and incense in the room? No, you can do it in your car. You can do it lying on your back in bed before you go to bed. You can do it first thing in the morning sitting up in your bed or lying lying in your bed you know you can be in any position you want you can fold your arms that's bad energy who said so maybe not it isn't for you like you know we put all these should be all these, and you have to clear your mind completely well your mind's not going to be clear completely it's going to be bouncing around thinking about stuff and you have to every once in a while go oh you have to recognize that that's happening take a deep breath and let it out so you know a good mindfulness practice is four by four breathing ohms you know uh Counting breaths, isolation stuff like, you know, in with the good, out with the bad, going to different parts of your body, you have pain. You know, there's a, this book is loaded with every possibility, you know. Um, but I think it's when I got sick, all the tinctures and all the meds and all the doctors and the otorhinolaryngologists and all these, you know, specialists, oh, the Bell's palsy. You know, for me, it was exercising as hard as I could as I was healing and getting as chill as I could so that I could do that again. And I did this so that I have to do that, to do this, to do that. And then now, you know, a lot of people who end up with Ramsey-Hunt syndrome end up with, and I still have a version of it, um, bilateral vestibular hypofunction, which is not vertigo, it's more this. Like, you know, when I really under stress, it feels like, I look at me, I look, I look completely still, but inside my head, that's happening. It's like teeny tiny Parkinson's. You know, it's like PTSD. When I was doing rehab, a lot of the guys that were, that were in the waiting room were guys coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq, you know what I mean? Who got, who got um, IEDs, right? And they got, they didn't lose, maybe they didn't lose an arm or a leg, but they, you know, ended up like 30 feet away on their face somewhere and recovered from that. But their brain, the shock from that. And I had a version of it because nerves got fried from what I got. And so meditation was the only thing that brought me back. And, and how and when do you know when to meditate? Well, some people schedule it. Like, okay, this is what I'm going to do it. Like they schedule their workouts first thing in the morning, at night, blah, blah, blah. M. Scott Peck, the guy who wrote The Road Less Traveled, very famous personal development, one of the all-time. I mean, this is way before Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra. I mean, M. Scott, M. M. Scott Peck was The Road Less Traveled, Beyond the Road Less Traveled, Further Down the Road Less Traveled. I mean, the whole series, right? He meditated an hour and a half every day and he prayed an hour and a half every day. When he meditated, it was him listening to God. When he was praying, it was he was talking to God. And that's the way, I mean, think about that. That's three hours in your day, man. 
Mm. That's a lot of, you know, that's not me. I mean, I do a little five minutes here, three minutes there, 50 breaths, five breaths, you know, but you know when to do it when you're uncomfortable and stressed out and you don't like this, you don't like the way you feel in the moment. And sometimes you can't because you're in a meeting. And so other times you can't because you're, you know, you're in the middle of playing cricket. You know what I mean? If you're playing cricket, that's probably more mindful because you focus on, on the ball, right? Uh, uh, when you're taking an action, when you're in the middle of doing something, it, it's hard to meditate. But in those moments where, and they come all day long, they come all day long. And when they're there, oh yeah. And you know when you're pissed off or stressed out or angry or frustrated, or you got a problem and it's going around in your head, you don't really answer for it. And the answer is like, I got to work harder. I got to think more. I got to talk to more people. I'm going to not listen. I'm just going to Right. And then the, the, the solution is shut up, shut up. Love it. And so one of my favorite one is, is um, a three part meditation. And you can do the, you can do each part, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you want to do. Uh, I like three minutes each. Cause that means the whole thing is less than 10 minutes long. Yeah. And the first one is just inhalation, exhalation. That's kind of your prep one, right? Just into the nose, out through the nose, into the nose, out through the nose, you know, put tape over your mouth. But it's, you know, if you've got sinus issues, you can't, but it's just, you know, that, that way you're getting those, that CO2 buildup, which is really, really good for your, you know, that blood oxygen quality inside your brain. Nose, in nose, out nose, three minutes. And then you shift to what I call four by four breathing. So it's into the nose, out through the mouth. And so it's in, in four count. One, two, three, four. Hold your breath. One, two, three, four. Let it out through your mouth. One, two, three, four. Empty completely. Hold that. One, two, three, four. Wow. You do that for three minutes. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Right? You feel great. All right. So, and then you do ohms, rolling ohms. You know what an ohm is, right? I'm sure a lot of people might not know what an ohm is. It's just a form of meditation doing yoga. And the reason why ohms are so great is because regular meditation is harder, right? Because you're thinking and you think like, oh, I can't get my, I can't get this noise out of my head. And so regular meditation kind of gets you there. The four by four distracts you because you're thinking about the count and the holding and the thing and the boom and the in and out and when to do that. And then the ohms, there's the sound that you make and the vibration that happens in your, in your neck and throat that really distracts the mind from going off into crazy land. So an ohm is you can do lotus, you can do prayer, you can put your hands in your lap, whatever. You can sit in a chair, you can sit in lotus, sit with your legs folded and whatever you want to do it, whatever you want to be comfortable. I don't recommend doing this lying down because you'll fall asleep before you get to the ohm sometimes. But an ohm is just saying the word home, H-O-M-E, without the H. Start with the lips together. And then you want to open up your mouth. I want to be able to see the back of your throat. I want to see those molars. And you're not screaming and you're not yelling. It's coming from the diaphragm, coming deep and letting it out. And then when you go, you know, oh, and when you run out, eventually because the lungs are going to get they're going to run out of air and then on. And then once when you're done, take another deep breath. Oh, another one. Oh, right. And so they're long and loud, long, like long forever. And I've done this forever. So whenever I do a, do one, I'm the last guy in the room still. Oh, <laughs> right. But everybody's different. If you're doing this in a room, you're going to hear like this. It almost sounds like music the way it goes, you know, because this group is slower and this person's higher and lower and the octaves are different. And, and after that three, three and three, man, if you're still stressed out and bummed out, 
and angry, then do it again. Because you should. Three, three, and three. three, three, and three. I love it. That's, you know, that's why I, we like three, to take practicality. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Everyone go and try simple, that out now. Simple. Try, I mean, I've never done anything like that before in my life. Well, are you stressed out? Yes. Try it. Try it. Or take a nap. Naps are nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> but naps, I don't know, not as productive. We, I've just got, I've got our three final questions for you. Now I can see behind you, there are plenty of books behind you on the shelf for those watching on YouTube. What are some books that have impacted you throughout your life? Ah, well, uh, full cash traffic link. Here we go, man. I'm going to pull it right out. Just talk about it. Road less traveled. M. Scott Peck. I wrote him a letter. He wrote me back. I was so, I was so, this, this book blew me away, man. It blew me away. What else? So I'm going to get into the personal development stuff to uh, all classic Dan Millman. This is, this is the warrior athlete. Uh, but his, uh, his original book was called The Peaceful Warrior. Dan Millman. Friggin' awesome. Mind, body, spirit, baby. Good, good stuff. What else we got here that I think is really, really good? Ah, John Rady's book, Spark spark the revolutionary new science of exercise and the brain baby i'm telling you man uh another guy harvard professor friend of mine signed it see it right there beautiful beautiful really cool man yeah uh he saw me reading this book my sister took a picture of um you know this we posted this picture of me reading it on the beach i was just on the beach i was reading the book and i was like i held it up and then he contacted me through social media so the power of that Um, Awesome one, man. Let me find one of the all-time great. Ah, here we go. I know where everything is here. The Magic Lamp, right? This is a really phenomenal book. So if you're kind of struggling with who you are and where you're going and why the hell you're on this earth, goal setting for people who hate setting goals. Really amazing. This book helped me figure out to be this guy. I would have been a waiter and a carpenter or something, which would have been fine. You know what I mean? But I, and now I have this amazing impact on people. I took a lot of notes in this book, man. Really, really, really powerful book. Um, I don't know if I see it here. Um, the Four Agreements. Brilliant. You know that book, Four Agreements? Don Miguel Ruiz. If you say his name fast, it sounds like Don DeLuise, who is an old actor who I used to work for, actually. Um, and on the, uh, on the adventure side, these are the adventure books, man. If you just want page turners, um, Iger Dreams, John Krakauer. Friggin' awesome, man. Uh, these Joe Simpson books, here's two of them. Oh my God. If you got, if you just want to go, what? Um, Touching the Void, they made a movie out of this. Um, true story, amazing. The harrowing first person account of one man's miraculous survivor, uh, survival, Joe Simpson. Really good. And there's other one here. These are a series of stories with photos of just his life, man. Joe Simpson, tremendous writer, mountaineer, uh, The Game of Ghosts. Uh, actually, this is the sequel to Touching the Void. So, ah. of course, I had, I had to read both. I had to read both. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then one of the all-time greats here is, um, if you haven't read this book, and these are, these are, this is the rebuttal book, but uh, these, both these books are based on the same story. This is Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. I bet you yeah. a lot of people, you ought to have read this book. 
holy crap about that all these people that died on Everest and what happened yeah. to these two separate mountaineers that were running these businesses up there and it became super competitive and a lot of people died that week yeah. and then he Krakauer kind of throws uh Anatoly Bukharev under the bus a little bit in this book <laughs> not yeah. much but he like it so Bukharev was like no 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 I'll tell you what really happened and so you get um, two perspectives about the, the same exact climb uh, which is pretty good. And I can keep going, man. Um, oh, here's another great one, man. Uh, Eckhart Tolle. Everybody knows Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Um, Awakening uh, a New Earth, the power new of earth. now. Right? Yeah, right, right. So, you know, and it's so funny. Right. Uh, every once in a while, I like to go back and reread some of these things. You know what I mean? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, and then here we go. We got to mention uh, uh, Richard Carlson. You guys know Richard Carlson? His Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series. Um, this is the first one, just Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And there's Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in Relationship. Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in Business. Don't blah, 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 blah. So, and these are just really easy, quick reads, just some great practical stuff. Uh, Richard, he passed away and I became, actually became friendly. His wife found out that, you know, I was a fan and I've been communi I communicate with his wife. So sad, he died young, man, such a bummer, man. But uh, yeah. Good dude. Good, Great man. stuff. Hey, I appreciate you grabbing the books off the shelf. As yeah, well. I mean, when you see them, I can mention them. You yeah. know, but Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements. You know what? I always lend it out, then I have to go buy another one. Ah! <laughs> Here it is. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I got to mention this one, you guys. So um, this is the, uh, this is what The Four Agreements, that's The Four Agreements. Don Miguel Ruiz. And then this book will blow your mind. I think everybody on earth should read ah, this book. Man's search for meaning. Have Great you read book. this? Yeah. Victor Frankel, man. Great book, man. He's out in the cold, bare feet, digging a hole, Nazi, hitting him upside the head with that thing. And he turns out, he goes, I, I love that Nazi. Like, I'm in Auschwitz right now and I love my captors. Like, how do you get there? Like, yeah. I'm in traffic and I'm pissed off and this guy? Another level. And his techniques on how to just sort of, oh my God, I underline almost every paragraph in this book. So I gotta, I gotta, they're stacking up. They're stacking up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put those away. So there you so go, good. man. All right, that's I, the book list. I appreciate it, man. The best book answer I've had. I've never had someone pull them off the shelf. I appreciate the effort. Um, the penultimate, I have two questions left. The first yeah. one are, if you could issue a message or a lesson that you think every person on the planet could benefit from you could get the message out to everyone what would tony horton's message to the world be well you know i have this i have this uh registered uh phrase do your best and forget the rest mm. you know I'll, I'll expound on that a little bit too but do your best and forget the rest is is if, if you look at the four agreements right one of the agreements is do your best you know what I mean? And, and I was really inspired by that, by that chapter quite a bit. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it's called always do your best. I mean, the four agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally and don't make assumptions. And it's interesting because my philosophy is very similar to those four and then always do your best is the last one. So, you know, you know, another one that I like is, is the past is history is the future is a mystery. Can you live in the moment? Right. Right. So like everybody's like, oh, this, like they're constantly comparing to right now to whatever that was, whether it was good or bad. And that screws up here. 
And then, okay, so this is terrible. And I have all these issues, all these glory days or all these horrible days, you know, and then it's like, oh, well, this is all, this is, I hope, I hope I do everything right now so that the future is better. But then again, if you're all freaked out about up there, then this is also destroyed, right? So the, 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 the back end and the front end are ruining this. And so what do you and I have, right? You and I have this conversation. I'm not thinking about, you know, when I got the shit knocked out of me at, at the bus stop when I was in junior high school. I'm not thinking about my bank account if I do X, Y, and Z in the coming months. Yeah. I'm thinking about this conversation. I enjoy this conversation. So that's what I'm focused on. Uh, the other thing is not to be attached to the outcome. I know this is a series of things, but we're so hung up on making sure that we do everything right now. And we, and we get this outcome that, <laughs> trust me, man, 95% of the time never quite turns out what you hope. You know what I mean? Mm. God, I'm going to score five touchdowns today. No, you didn't even, the coach didn't even put you in the game. Right. So then you're, you know, so, you know, that's another, that's another thing about just sort of being in the moment and being okay with what's actually happening right now. Right. Reality is that thing that's actually happening as opposed to your fantasy version of it. Right. So um, uh, keep your expectations down and then you'll surprise yourself and that'll be really nice. Don't, you know, uh, like when I I was uh, on QVC, you know, QVC here in the States, I don't know how many people were looking in 15 million people around the world or something, you know, and they said, are you nervous? And I said, no, nah, I'm not really that attached to the outcome. <laughs> it's not my job. My job is to go in there and talk about what I know about. And if we sell a bunch, great. And if we don't, we, we don't. If we sell a bunch, they invite me to come back. If we don't, then I don't come back. Then I guess I'm supposed to be somewhere else doing something else other than driving to Philadelphia, you know, flying to Philadelphia and then <laughs> going on TV to sell P90X. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but you know, you want to be prepared. You want to be, you know, I mean, organization gives you the freedom to live the life you've always wanted. So if you're organized and you got your act together and everything is, you're not in a scramble, you know, these are the simple thing. I wish I could give you sort of a simple phrase, but these are sort of the, the philosophies that I live in. You know, what's your purpose, plan, and accountability? How, what is your purpose? Like, why are you here? You can get the magic lamp by Keith Ellis and you can figure out who you're supposed to be. And then you're going to have more enthusiasm and excitement about getting up in the morning, going and doing it. But if you're working for the man in a cubicle with a, when you're staring at a, at a fig tree, that's fake. And you're doing that underneath neon lights all day, then maybe you should get a hobby. You know, I mean, one of the great stories is there was a guy, great accountant, um, really good at his job, moving his up and way up in the company, family, kids, you know, he had a nice home, everything was fine. But he was a number cruncher and he was just good at numbers, but he hated his job. So he was at the bike shop on Saturday and Sunday, just hanging out, you know, what I mean? talking to customers, talking to the manager. And so, his wife is like, geez, he works so hard. He provides such a great life. If he wants to go hang out at the bike shop, didn't let him. And so the manager said, dude, do you want a job here? Because you know more than half of my staff. You know, and he said, well, I don't know if my wife would let me. She says, you're there anyway. Just why don't you get paid for it? You know, and so he started working on Saturdays and he started working on Sundays. Then uh, five years later, he, he owned the place. You know what I mean? Because he had all the number knowledge to be able to figure out, hey, you know what? And then the, the, the one guy finally said, the manager said, Manager and owner said, hey, we're going to sell this place. You want to buy it because, you know, and the guy, whatever, he put the finances together and and he, he owned the, and now he runs the bike shop. And so that's the thing. Like you might not have a job that you love. That might not be your raison d'etre, as the French would say, the reason for being. But you might have a hobby. Like for me, I was an actor, but I was a trainer on the side. And I'm going to do this for a while because I'm going to be a movie star. I'm going to be Tom Cruise and, and, uh, and Jim Carrey all wrapped in one. I'm going to be like a dramatic movie star comedian that didn't work out you know what i mean so 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 i had all this on camera knowledge plus i was training people so when it was time boop, 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 
boop, boop. This guy was an accountant. The, the shop came available and he owns his bike shop and he runs it smoothly and people love him because he's so he loves that, right? So these are things that you figure out. That's your, he figured out what his purpose. What's your plan? You don't have a plan. You know, if everything is last minute and you're winging it, and you don't schedule stuff and especially workouts, you know what I mean? Are you going to work out today? I, yeah, I, I really want to. What are you going to do? I don't really know. What time are you going to do it? I haven't figured that out. You're screwed. You're screwed. You better know exactly what time. You better know exactly what it is. And you better have a coach, a mentor, or a teacher, or a program that you're digging, that you want to show up and do. Because if it's the same boxing class where you hate, or you, 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 you bought the Peloton because you bought it, and after two months, it's like a freaking clothing rack, well, then put it at the bottom of your driveway and sell it to somebody else and do something new. You know what I mean? And accountability. Like, why are you accountable? We're accountable to a, our survival life, right? We're accountable to that because we have to eat and we have to have a, we have to have a roof over our head, right? And so we do all the minimum to do that and then we die. Wow. You look there, you look down at the coffin and go, man, I always expected more out of him. You know what I mean? So if you want to survive, the foundation is health and wellness. That's the foundation because of the norepinephrine, the doping, the serotonin, the brain-derived neurotrophic factor, and because of the energy enthusiasm that it gives you to be able to get outside of your comfort zone all the time, right? So they look at you, then the, then the 8,000 people that are at your funeral go, damn it, he changed the world because he wasn't a fat ass who ate fat, sugar, salt, and chemicals who was not organized, who didn't plan anything and didn't have a purpose. You know, like, duh, life is math, man. And once you figure that out, it's, it's a lot easier, but it takes it's that transitional period, right? Between loser to winner, man. It takes time <laughs> to go from, because <laughs> I was a C minus student with a speech impediment who hated work, hated exercise, didn't like people, you know, a speech impediment. You know how brutal that was every day at school? Aha, uh -huh, look at him. He's an idiot. You know what I mean? That was awesome. I don't have it anymore because I worked my ass off to get rid of it, you know? And you can, you can, you can overcome anything, almost anything. I'm telling you. Well, that was a long answer, but you get my point. A fantastically passionate answer. And you clearly demonstrated that you do not have a speech impediment anymore. You speak very well. So. When I'm tired though, when I'm tired, every once in a while, get, 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 it'll come out, but, but I'll usually make a joke. I'll like, if I, I've done it on stage and I'll turn to the audience and I'll go, hold on. I'll do like this one back first. What I meant to say was, and then I'll just get into it. <laughs> Tricks of the, the trick. The final question I have for you. So for myself, what makes my life worth living at the moment? Look, I have a conversation with someone like yourself. Fills me with energy. I can put that out. Someone might listen. Some, well, someone, it might change someone's life. Could affect someone's life. Makes my life worth living. But for you, for Tony Horton, right now, what makes your life worth living? I, I like helping people. My purpose is to help people find theirs. You know, I mean, everything we've just discussed, you know, this could be a lot of this could be, oh, I already know all that. I don't practice it, <laughs> right? Or I never heard half of that stuff. Maybe I should practice it. You know, that like if we have a, this conversation has an influence on one person and that person knows other people and it had a person, I mean, I've done that millions of times, right? So that's humbling and that's incredible. And that's amazing to me, like little old me, you know? But I just... I just kept reading these and going to the gym. You know what I mean? That's all I did. I kept reading stuff. I just kept doing what was in the books. Oh, I'm yeah. not doing that. I need to do that. Oh, I'm going to go to the gym too. 
oh, you know what? I should probably get off the burgers and the fries, you know, and 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 the and the weed, and go and go do something that's going to help me be a better person. So you know, they call it self-help, but I don't like that term because it's too much about this, right? I mean, pure altruism, personal development, which is another term for it, is is a growth process so that you get your act together enough so that you can begin to disseminate that information to others who are willing to listen. Because the worst kind of advice to give is the kind that's never been asked for in the first place because your greatest intentions are received, are received with resentment. So you gotta know who your audience is. Like, mom, I just learned all this stuff. You know, it's like learning a new word, you know, Packermandandic and being ex expecting everybody else to know what the hell you're saying. You don't know what Packermandandic means? I learned it eight seconds ago. That means you should have figured it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, no, I don't know that word and I don't know that lifestyle and I'm not ready to learn it. So leave me the F alone, right? So that's another, that's, that's just an important lesson. That's number one, right? You know, number two is just hanging out with my friends, man, and training really hard. I got a ninja course in the backyard every Sunday. You know, right now with COVID, it's like two or three guys. It used to be 10 or 15, but we've got the numbers down. And, stuff. and some of my friends are like, masks, COVID, it's fake. All right, then you guys go. Do what you're doing over there until until you figure until one of you gets so freaking sick and you know and you learn your lesson. But for me, you know, that's it. Just like today, I got to work out this afternoon with my friend Scott, and we are going to just Scott. How many reps are you gonna do? Oh, 25. I guess I'll be doing 26. You know, like that kind of fun. That little yeah. tete I bet with the fitness, right? And I love to ski. I mean, for me. I do plyometrics every week. I do cardio, heart, lungs, legs every week because I love to get on a mountain that goes like that and just carve, like fly, like, you know what I mean? Like just ripping, especially when the snow is going over your shoulders, you know, that kind of insane. It's, there's not, to me, it's, you know, if they don't have that in heaven, I ain't going. If they got that, if they have powder skiing in hell, I'm in. They, you know, I'll put up with a wrap. So that's it. And my wife, I love my wife. My wife is my best friend. I got married at 55 and I waited long enough to find just the greatest gal and still 12 years in, you know, we, we were married five and together six before that six or seven now. She's just my friend. And I, 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 my job is, my, I, I turn to her and I'll say, what's my job? And she'll go to make my life awesome. I go, damn straight. That's beautiful. Make her life awesome. And as a result, I get it back. You know yeah. what I mean? I get it back. Beautiful. And, uh, and that's rare. You know, a lot of couples are still doing this after, you know, and mm. it's just like, yeah, it's just being selfless. You know, I walked into, the, I walked downstairs and I said, Hey, when do you want your 20 minute uh, foot massage? And she looked at me like, what? You've been so amazing lately. I mean, she's just been knocking out of the park. I go, you tell me hands are ready. Get the lotion. What do you want? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, I tell it to my friends and like, Horton, you're such an asshole with that. Cause I don't, you tell my wife that and it's just going to go like, I go, well, dude, you want happiness or not? Then get out the lotion and rub your damn wife's feet. That's how this works. All right. That's how this stuff works. You know what I mean? So, and then it just comes back in spades, man. I mean, it's like, you know, beautiful, beautiful. So for everyone who's listened, watched, they might want to find out more about yourself. They might want to follow you, get into some of your material. Where's the best place they can connect with you, follow you, check out your work. Mm, uh, go to TonyHortonLife.com. That's TonyHortonLife.com. And then you'll see the Twitter and the Instagram and the Facebook and the website and the live events, which we've had to kind of put on hold because of COVID. But 
but we usually do a ski trip and then we do like, you know, these events here at the house called the Paragon event. And we've had six of those. We're not going to have the next one till October. There are spaces available. People, people, a, a couple came in from London, a couple came in from Kuwait. You know, you can come in from anywhere you want, man. And it's a four day immersive event. Like everything we talked about, plus the exercise, plus meditation, plus, you know, in the pool, underwater pool stuff, ninja stuff. It's, it's just a yoga. I bring in all the top experts, Olympians, yogis, and we just put every, you know, and we go to the track at UCLA track and we work with a two-time Olympian, Tasha Danvers. It's just really one of those eye-popping, unbelievable. My seminars are pretty lively too, so. Awesome, yeah. awesome. That so yeah, Tony Horton Life, TonyHortonLife.com. TonyHortonLife.com. Tony, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a really good hour or so. I haven't stopped smiling. Thank you so much for making my day brighter, man. Young man, thank you for providing this platform. I really, really appreciate it. This was really fun. Great questions, because a lot of times I get some bonehead questions about stupid things. And this, these were all well thought out and in a wide range. So kudos to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Freedom Pact podcast. We'll see you right here again on Friday with another episode. Until then, if you'd like to check out the interviews in video format, please subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Freedom Pact. It really would mean the world to us. Thank you so much for listening today.